Good afternoon. Hi. How are you, Pete? I'm very well, Evie. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us again. You join us on a... Well, it's a bit up and down, isn't it, the weather? It's it, a bit drizzly. One minute it's showers. really sunny and then it showers. It's a bit... Um, it's like all seasons in one day. It is all seasons Which is in classic, classic British weather here. The sound you can hear is um, a little dog walking around. Um, it's a bear. What sort of dog's bear? Bears are Maltese, Yorkshire Terrier cross. Well, he's lovely. He has been barking, so there's a very good chance he's going to bark. <laughs> <laughs> so. He is very lovely, but he's also particularly attention-seeking. <laughs> so um, we apologise in advance if he, if you hear a little... Um, tiptoeing around. Tiptoeing around, some vocals in the background. He likes to let me know if there's a bird at the window, so that'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, this is actually our second attempt, isn't it, Pete? It is, yeah. yeah. What happened last last week? <laughs> I wasn't ready. Oh, you haven't read the book. <laughs> yes. yes. So we made a pact at the start of this that we would always, obviously, read the book in full or listen on an audio book. Um, and I had two chapters left last week. So we met up and... But we, we used our, that time wisely instead, didn't we? Yes, we, we did. did. a bit of planning. We did loads of planning, so we're very planned. We're, we're, we're very well planned this, this, this week. Yes, we're much more prepared. And I have finished the book. Oh, well done. <laughs> yeah. Well done. But you struggled, <laughs> didn't you? I did a little bit, yeah. So, I think... Tell me why. I don't know. Maybe my frame of mind with it um, and just getting getting myself into it. It took me a while, but I did in the end. Mm. Um, and... I really enjoyed it. And did you listen to her podcast? I that I really enjoyed. I mean, I listened to the podcast first. So, and that that is what drew me in in the first place. So, I really enjoyed the podcast. You talk about so the, the podcast we're talking about actually is the Brené Brown interview. The original one, yeah. The original. So, which kind of sort of leads into how like how I came across how I came across her in the first place. So, I I thought um my friend Lisa mentioned mentioned her to me, Priya Parker, uh, and this book, The Art of Gathering. What's the full name of the book? The Art of Gathering. Uh, how We Meet and Why It Matters. That's right. And and I just thought, I mean, Lisa's very wise, but I just thought it was a book on party planning. Honestly, I did. Organising an amazing conference. And then someone else mentioned it to me and he trains he trains Google and I doesn't really do events. And I thought, um, there might be something in it. And then Brené Brown, she was on Brené Brown. And frankly, if she's, got, she's, she's on Brené Brown's podcast, then, you know. We're a big Brené fan. She's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that kind of made me read the book, and then it all ties in nicely with how you know with, with us doing this. And you discovered it because I discovered it because you wouldn't yes. have read it otherwise. No, I wouldn't have. <laughs> that is how I discover most of my books nowadays. <laughs> and mine. <laughs> yeah, Pete will send me a, a podcast on something, uh, and then I'll get into the series and uh, and then start pulling off all of the books that they're talking through. Um, that's yeah, that's how I'm discovering most of the books I read at the moment. And then Priya's podcast together apart which she yes. launched at the beginning of the pandemic um originally it was going to be called the gathering which she said sounds like a horror film her, her, <laughs> producer, her producer said we can't do this anymore it's called the gathering it's just not i right. mean now that you've said it yes <laughs> it's like the purge isn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah they, they do it really quickly they turn it around um and they created this podcast called together apart i think there's about nine episodes i mean they're amazing it's so powerful and most of them made me cry. I mean, it's just so powerful. <laughs> uh, I mean, the 
Yeah, me too. Yeah. And I think the actual, the reason why they they made us cry is be, is exactly what she talks about in the book. So she, the overall premise of it is creating gatherings that have a purpose. Mm. And so every example that she talks through on her podcast is exactly that. They are meaningful, they're purposeful, they've got a, a, a core reason within them and it's beautiful mm. and she's obviously going to pick the best ones as well yeah she? of course of course but her. i'm just incredible it's just so incredible um so should we talk, talk about who she is who priya parker is yeah tell that, me so she's a master facilitator trained in the field of com- conflict resolution um yeah well, which i find amazing yeah so she worked in india and she's worked in south africa and she's worked in the middle east um and she spent 15 years helping leaders and communities have complicated conversations about identity and um and vision at the moments of, 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 of transition. Um, she's a TED, a TED speaker on purpose, which is amazing. And she's executive producer and host of the New York Times podcast, Together Apart, and the author of The Art of Gathering. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. And so she actually says that the reason, I, I, can't, I think this is in the podcast rather than the book. So when she got in, the reason she got into conflict resolution mm. is actually because as she, when she was growing up, she had parents that were completely different from each other, from completely different worlds that got together, had her, but then decided that they didn't want to be together anymore. So she had to mediate between two parents. Half Indian. Half Indian. Half um, half American, white yeah. American, evangelical Christian. Yes. Half, I think, are they Buddhist? I think Buddhist. New agey. <laughs> but, but definitely not evangelical Christian on one yeah. side, on the mother's side of the family. And then she flipped, she used to spend two weeks, two weeks with each, with each set yeah. of parents. And she says, there's no wonder that she ended up being a conflict conflict resolution specialist. Yes. I mean, <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. No wonder at all. Mm. Um, so this is this book is Peter's choice. Obviously, Invisible Women was my choice. It is the first one. Um, Pete, why did you choose this book? Because I don't think anyone else talks about the psychology of events. Yeah, I think it's like a well, it's it's a part journey, part guidebook, masterclass. It's a workbook on <laughs> on the on the psychology of events, and it's just. It's so incredibly powerful. The examples that I mean, I've actually printed out loads of examples, which I'm not allowed to talk through because we'll just be here all day. But um, there are so many incredible examples, both on well, the, the, the her, her podcast together apart. There's they're, they're basically case studies. That, yeah. That, um, so you should definitely, definitely listen to them. There's one that I was going to I was going to talk through, but you need to listen to them all because they're so incredibly powerful. And then a book is just a series of different case studies and examples, really good examples. Incredible, yeah, from all over the world. And there are some obviously based in the UK and there are some that resonate with you and others that potentially don't, but it's really, the way that she writes it, she gives context to everything she's saying and it makes so much sense. And actually what I found reading through it was that it was like, well... Well, of course. So when she talks about being a chill host and not being too chilled and the the pitfalls of being a chilled host, which yeah. everyone feels like they don't want to tell people what to do, you're like, well, obviously. Yeah. Like it, it, everything that she says, once she's said it and once she's explained it, it, it just makes you understand the things that have been in your mind or have, say you've been at an event and you've been like, oh, that doesn't, that didn't work mm. or that felt weird or you mm. come out of it and you feel a little bit deflated and you're like, why? And then she goes through all of these different examples and it just makes you understand yeah. Yeah. what the it chill, means. The chill host thing. Let's just explain the chill host thing. Yes. Because yeah. you won't know that unless you've read the book. So, the, so what is a chill host? 
So a chill host is, for instance, someone that invites you round, so they have a party at their house um, and they don't want to tell people what to do, so they just let them arrive as and when they want to. It's, say, um, they've got nibbles on the go and they just let people interact with each other, but they don't give a structure to the evening and they don't give direction throughout the evening. So she talks about she talks about being a generous host with generous authority. Yes. Um, and she also talks about, I love this as a, it's a perfect analogy, she talks about once guests come into your kingdom, so she talks about an yeah. event as being a kingdom, it's an alternative universe or alternative uh, a, a kingdom, they want to be governed gently and respectfully and well. They kind yes. of want to be told, like, what can we do? Like, guide us. Yeah. So <laughs> what, so... For instance, an example of being a chilled host, what could happen? What could happen? Oh, uh, you could um, be at a party. Or I've, I've, been at a, I've been at a meeting where two people have completely taken over and talked over everyone yeah. and have been so aggressive that no one felt they could say anything <laughs> because they thought they were going to get shouted down. Yeah, yeah. And, and then took, you completely lose the purpose of yeah. that meeting. And it took one really brave person to say something very quietly yeah. that sucked the oxygen out of the room and shut them up. Yeah. But, you know, they, were, they weren't even the host, but the host was nowhere to be seen. The host, yeah. That bear, you sneezing? Bear is sneezing. <laughs> <laughs> the host was saying absolutely nothing, whereas she should have just said, can you stop now, please? Yeah, you know. yeah. And after reading this, actually, um, I had a staff meeting and everyone was presenting and I told everyone that they could have 10 minutes. And it was with this in the back of my mind that I cut people off after 10 minutes because I was like, we need to get through everyone. There was a lot of people to get through throughout the whole meeting and I wanted to make sure it didn't run over so that everyone had their own time mm. and it didn't encroach on everyone else's. Mm. So that's that's being a generous, a generous host. host. There's a really lovely example in the book actually she talks about the alamo draft house in austin texas yeah where they have this this system where if you so the ceo wants wants to the he says the, the purpose of the alamo it's all about purpose uh, the alamo is a cinema it's a cinema sorry yes is um is to bring magic the magic of going to the movies in an age of streaming and netflix back to the theater so by coming to his cinema people agree to these rules so yes Everyone has um, a card where they write their drinks down if they want to order drinks or food. And the rule is if you see someone texting or someone on their phone or someone, you know, doing something that you don't want to do or making a noise or chatting, yeah. rather than having to, you have to, you have to enforce the rules. You just write on a piece of paper, you tick, this person's texting, can you please ask them to stop? And then someone will come over, a member of staff will come over and tell them off. Yeah. And you have two warnings. Or ask them to leave. And then you're thrown out. Yeah. yeah. And it's, um, why should a... I mean, the cinema. Every every cinema you go to, they 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 tell you that you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't use your yeah, phone. Yeah, it's always at the beginning, isn't it? But, Don't but then use they your expect phone. you to enforce the rule, yeah. whereas this is this is completely opposite. And they are being a generous host by by ensuring that your um, that the rules are enforced and you yeah. don't have to do it. Yeah, I thought it was a brilliant, great example. Yeah, which makes total sense, really. You don't want to give people free reign because then those with that are uber confident or. N- for instance, know the host well um, or feel comfortable in that space, we'll end up taking over. Um, and just to give you all a bit of a background, we actually both work in events. We we work within the events industry. So this was um, especially oh, yeah. interesting for know, us. You don't know what we do. Yeah. <laughs> really interesting. Yeah. And then um, it actually, whenever she was going through any of the points, I could bring up an example of where it hasn't happened and where I've 
either been to or been involved in an event where they maybe didn't have a purpose so therefore it didn't resonate with people or they didn't have enough structure or they had too much structure um or like food didn't come out until nine ten o'clock at night and or there wasn't enough and all of these kinds of things so it's really it's really interesting yeah but it's not just for people in the, in events. Well, definitely. which is why, which kind of leads on to defining why she calls it a gathering, because she very specifically calls it a gathering and not an event. Yes. So she says, she defines, this is Priya, uh, she defines a gathering as any time three or more people come together with a purpose, with a beginning, a middle and an end. Yeah. Really clear. And the main point, the main word in that sentence is purpose. Yeah. That's what my biggest takeaway from this totally. is. But as a facilitator, Priya says she's taught to strip everything away and focus on the interaction between people, whereas of the every, whereas the the everyday hosts um, concentrates on on getting things right. So the stuff, the food, the flowers, the table in, and yep. the interaction between people is largely left left to chance. And that I have to say, most of the events I've ever <laughs> I've yeah. ever been involved with have been all about making things look pretty. Yeah, not necessarily thinking about what it is we actually want to do. You know, yeah. what is the purpose of this event other yeah. than just showing off how amazing our food is? Yeah. And I mean as um as suppliers, sometimes when you're involved in an event, you're not brought into those discussions. So people who are organizing the event may have had a discussion around why that event exists, but that might not necessarily filter down to everyone and it should. Yeah. So like catering staff waiters, waitresses, someone running the photo booth, all of those people should understand what the purpose of the event is, A, so that they can feel part of it, and B, so that they can add to it. It's like when you have uh, an event and it's themed, you want that theme to filter down into every element of the event. So if you've then got like the photo booth operator who's just in like a in all blacks in a black t-shirt black trousers you know oh it it then just takes the guests away from being part of that overall theme so it's really small things but it it has to filter through to everything that you do yeah but like you say all of those elements the actual specific doing should come secondary to the why yeah the other thing that we automatically go back to type when we talk about particular events. So yeah. she talks about off-the-rack events. Can yes. you just explain a bit about that? Yeah, so an off-the-rack event is, say, you're having a, you're getting married in a church, you have a white dress and then the traditional march and then you have the wedding reception. Or you have a board meeting and it's one big mahogany table with 12 or so white middle-aged men, men. around it. <laughs> maybe women if you're lucky. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe one and she's probably going to be white as well um, <laughs> or a birthday a birthday party is exactly. a cake and candles yeah, yeah, yeah. the one the um uh, example that she gave in her book which i found really interesting was the baby shower um yeah. i don't have any children so it's not interesting for, that, for in that respect it's more that the baby shower existed in the past historically historically yeah. where uh, the purpose of it was to introduce uh, that woman and her and her um new baby, unborn baby, into the wider community to bring all the women in that community together so that they could give her advice. And money, because she would and have money, been and new things. to the workforce yes. and, and wouldn't have enough exactly. money to be able to bring the baby up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And now parents are more balanced. So it, it's not just the woman that is bringing up the baby. Or same-sex marriages. Or, or same-sex marriages, yeah. exactly. So what the example that she talked about was someone that was having her baby shower organised and her husband mentioned that he would really like to be it was part her. of it. It was Priya. 
Prayers, prayer, they were organising a, oh, really? a baby shower for prayer. Yeah, yeah, I read it in the book. Um, ah. So they were organising a baby shower for prayer and prayer's husband said, well, can I come? And she said, no, this is for me. He ended up organising his own. He had a, an all-male baby shower. Ah. But um, sorry. Um, but it absolutely makes sense. I think there are a lot of parents now that, that purposefully decide to be equal parents so that it's not so one-sided. So then should you not be including men into that baby shower? Because they need to understand, they need to get that advice, they need to see what's being given to them and they need to be a part of that kind of initiation. There's a beautiful example of that on the Together Apart podcast. So she talks about exactly that. She talks about having, there was a baby shower, but it wasn't a pin a nappy on the baby type thing. <laughs> I've never been to a baby shower, but I'm guessing, I mean, that's, apparently that's what happens. <laughs> and, and so none of that, but they had, it was very meaningful. Um, they had, it was split in two. So the first part was was all the women, um, all, her, all her female friends. And she had um, a number of um, wise female friends who'd had babies or brought up kids, including yeah. her mom and her grandmother. Um, and at one point, everyone, um, th- they made a, a necklace and they gave a bead to go on the necklace. Oh. And everyone that gave a bead, as they gave the bead, they said um, something amazing about her personality that was going to get her through the labour because she was particularly scared about the labour. Oh. oh my God, it was amazing. I mean, I was crying out about that point. And then, <laughs> and then, and then they um, they all put together, a, they shared a song that would help her, um, that would help her in labour and they all put together this mixtape and then they gave her that. And then the men came in um, and then older men came in and gave advice to the men, to, to, to the, the couple on how they brought up their kids. And then the husband and wife exchanged vows again on how they're going to bring up the baby together. I mean, I'm bawling my eyes out now. And then um, <laughs> it's just so powerful. It's just, but that is a perfect example of not a standard yeah. baby shower. And also people will remember it and it will have some kind of meaning to it. So they'll come away from it thinking, oh my God, that was beautiful. It wasn't like, because when you get to a certain age, you end up going to lots of different weddings and lots of different baby showers and Hindus and all of that kind of stuff. And they're all very, very similar. So it's important that A, the people who are um, holding the event, that their personality and their beliefs and, and what they mean comes through mm. in the event. Mm. Um, actually, a couple of friends of mine decided to, rather than, because they um, have a lot of joint friends, rather than have separate stag and hen do's, they had a joint one together and they made it really big and fun and they had men and women collectively all together because that's what felt right to them. It didn't feel right to have two separate parties um, because everything about them was collective, including their friends, which mm. I thought was really beautiful. That's really lovely, yeah. Really lovely. Oh, my goodness. It set me off again. <laughs> <laughs> so the podcast that we mentioned, actually, uh, the one that... Together Apart. Together Apart. And then the podcast that Pete sent me, which was my introduction to Priya Parker, who's got the most amazing voice, just FYI for everyone. Her TED Talk is insane. <laughs> just amazing. Um, but that was actually recorded just after the pandemic hit. Uh, And what they were talking about was this shift from in-person gatherings to online and how to make online gatherings still full of purpose and how to hold them with purpose. And actually, I think everyone is probably feeling the effects now of Zoom fatigue. We're sick of them. We are totally sick of them. I think when the pandemic first hit, everyone was obsessed with house party. We were all having like... House party. Quizzes. It seems like... 
Everyone's years ago. Getting, <laughs> everyone's getting <laughs> yeah. dressed up. We're yeah. all getting into it. Bingo. Bingo. Yeah. Um, but actually now I think we're all a bit over it. Um, now that we're having meetings left, right and centre, basically all day long. I mean, Kit Kat got it right in their um, advert, didn't they? Which was amazing, where it's got all of the Zoom meetings <laughs> and then there's a Kit Kat in the middle <laughs> saying, take a break. <laughs> um, because we live our lives on Zoom now, so it's gone completely the other way around. So even more so now, I think if you're going to have an event online, it's not good enough to just have the same event that you were going to do in person yeah. and move it online you have to really utilise the virtual element of it. And she gave this really lovely example. It's so beautiful. In it was the first the first episode of her of her podcast together apart. Uh, it was called um, "How Is This Night Different from All Other Nights?" And it was about oh my god, I, this woman was just amazing. Just this this uh, Jewish woman from New York with this amazing accent, um, old Jewish lady. She'd been hosting a Passover Seder, which is the ritual feast that yeah. marks the beginning of the Jewish holiday of Passover. And she'd been doing this this Seder for 20, 22 years. Yeah. She'd been hosting this Seder, or, or longer. Or, um, and it had always been done in her house and she'd always had her family there and there was always people there that that, that she loved and, and she suddenly, she couldn't do it. Yeah. And I just, it was just such a beautiful example of how to flip because one option was that they just cancel it and yeah. that was one of the options which, yeah which she didn't really didn't want to do and, no. and prayer kind of talked her out of that one of the things i loved about it was that she had invited people that she was close to and people that she loved but they weren't necessarily jewish so when she opened up the the gathering um, to start off with, she highlighted that fact to everyone. And she said that she had invited them because she wanted to spend time with them and because she loved them. And it didn't matter if they weren't necessarily Jewish because that wasn't necessarily the purpose of the gathering. It was to get all of her loved ones together. So it instantly put those people at ease and made them feel more connected. Part of the community. And part of the community because they obviously not being Jewish, they probably felt an element of being an outsider and it's really lovely, to be a part of In part 90 of seconds, she she kind of made, she she gave this beautiful speech. It was just so amazing. So she, she welcomed everyone. She talked about her mother and she gave a kind of a moment of vulnerability and then she created context for the group and counterbalanced belonging. And she, oh, it's just so beautiful, so beautiful. But one of the things that I loved was that the, the traditionally, it's the older the older generation would oh, I teach the this. younger generation yeah. something. Yeah. So they, well, they tell the story of the Passover. That's the whole point. Uh, but Priya came up with this idea of turning the younger people into Zoom guides yeah. who um, who would help the older generation get online and yeah. would be there to to assist them if they got stuck. And it was just, just be, I won't do it justice by explaining it because it, it's you just Yeah, to you have to listen to listen it. Listen to the episode, yeah. yeah so it's good. brilliant. Yeah. But I do think that with the online gatherings, it is, you have to work even harder to impact on people because it's not, they're not physically there. They don't have to stay there. They don't have to watch and they don't have to listen because they're online. So they're dipping in and out. So you have less time because people are not going to, you're not going to be able to hold people's attention. It's like a conference. If you have an all-day conference, they're there, they can't leave. Mm. So although they might not be listening, they have to stay. Whereas with an online event um, gathering, 
I keep saying event. Um, <laughs> well, you, we do because it's yeah. pre, we pre-program. <laughs> if I say, if we go into a meetings and start talking about gatherings, people think we're mental. Yeah, they will. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it anyway. My biggest takeaways was the meeting element of it, and obviously organising events. I will. I'm now more conscious of everything she's talking about, but even more so, especially because we can't hold events as much at the moment, mm. is um, is the meeting side of it and really understanding why you do your meetings. But she talks about making purpose your bouncer. So she says, um, let your purpose guide your approach to your guest list or to your event or whatever you're doing and to help your party thrive from generous exclusion over inclusion generous exclusion yes generous exclusion yes so tell me more so as a great example i can't remember whether it's in her podcast or in the book but she talks about how um andy warhol says about about studio 54 that the when asked about the door policy it's studio 54 he says it's a dictatorship on the door so there's a democracy on the dance floor and it's like that really is literally about being a bouncer so it's making sure that whatever your purpose is you don't let everyone in. Yeah. You just let the people that are going to make your gathering... Purposeful. Purposeful. <laughs> One of the other examples that she talks about in the book is a student bar, I think in Berlin, where they did exactly that. So they created this student bar for students, obviously, but they were so strict about having to be a student to be able to come in. So the bar became so well known that there were famous people or politicians and people like that that wanted to come, but they they refused them entry because the purpose of that of that venue, of that gathering, was to just bring together students yeah. within the city, yeah. which I think is brilliant. Amazing. And it, I mean, we've probably all got examples of gatherings where we have opened it up to people and not necessarily thought about the impact that that would have on them. Another example she talks about is a collection of, I think, five or six guys that met regularly to kind of exercise together. So once a week... This is a great example. Yeah, Yeah. they'd get together with their trainer um, and one week, one of the participants mentioned that he was going to be on holiday. So he suggested that rather than lose his money, he wanted to let someone else come in. And they all sort of had this weird feeling about it, but didn't quite know what it was. And then they realised that actually, yes, it was a, a session with a trainer, they were exercising. But, but actually, their real the, purpose, what was their real purpose? It was a purpose. Exactly. Yeah. The real purpose of it was to uh, an opportunity for them to get together because they're busy people, they don't see each other very often, and to talk about stuff together and actually bringing in an outsider would have affected that dynamic so they were quite strong on it and they said oh no you can't come in because it would have impacted on the dynamic of the gathering and it would have changed the purpose of it Mm. yeah Mm. which I found really interesting that's fascinating isn't it yeah and even um so I've I have found this, but again, like I said, it's not until someone states it to you that you actually realise that it's a thing. So she talks about actually creating a boundary. So when you're at a table, for instance, and you've say you've got five people, so you've got two people opposite each other and then one person on the end, you've then got a gap at the end. And she talks about 
um, it sounds very like spiritually, but it actually really makes sense. And yeah. I'm sure we've all experienced it. When you're sat at that table, the conversation flows out because it's not enclosed. And like if you're having a picnic, just the act of having a picnic blanket gives you a, ba- a, a boundary yeah. for your conversation so that the conversation doesn't flow out, yeah. which I found really Yeah, lovely. that's amazing, yeah. She's a wise lady, a prayer, prayer she parker. She's such a wise lady. Such a wise lady. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what else did you love about it? Oh, there's so many little bits. There's so many. So there's so many. I've got so many. If you could see what what I'm looking at, I'm looking at five, six pieces of paper, <laughs> double sided. So you're horrified because we're not supposed to be writing notes. No, I love it following. because <laughs> when I got here, Pete gave me a handful of notes. I was like, "This is great." <laughs> Thanks except, very much. Except I'm now. I'm so keen not to. So basically, the reason why we didn't record last week is because I, I wanted to do the book justice, and I didn't yeah. feel like we could. And now I feel like I'm over prepared. <laughs> And I'm going to miss things. So I think the, my my biggest my biggest thing from the whole of this podcast is please go and read the book and listen to all her podcasts, and you'll find everything on our Google Doc, won't you? Yes. Um, yeah. But but there are loads of lovely things. So uh, and things I didn't know about. So so um, she talks about how I mean, just going back to being a chill host. She talks about how Obama. Um, yes. He he noticed when he asked asked questions um, in in his wherever he was doing whatever he was doing, whether it was a school or, or a college or, uh, or it, was, um, it was something in the White House, he noticed that when he asked questions, it tended, tended to be the men that put their hands up. Yeah. So he had this policy of boy-girl. Yeah, which and, I think is brilliant. And if, and if a woman didn't put their hand up, he would wait until one did. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and yeah. so that standing, like, uh, you have to be, like, you can't just be a... Um, generous host you have to stand by it so having actually she talks a lot about having set rules mm. and the fact that rules are actually a good thing for people it's not that you're being obviously there's going overboard and having too many rules and then you ruin it for everyone involved but if you have a specific set of rules and actually just coming back to one of the examples that peter talked about which was it, it's on her podcast which is brennan's birthday oh. which is so beautiful but tell me about it because she had a very his sister organized his birthday party for him and he and she gave a very specific set of rules but it was all set up in the, in the invitation so the invitation is is so she talks about prayer talks about just before we go into this prayer talks about how 90% of your event the the work on a good event a good gathering sorry happens <laughs> happens before the before before the yes. actual gathering uh, and that's and that could be the she talks about the invisible structure which we'll come on to in a second but 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 also and how you set the event up how you orientate people yeah so how you orient people rather so you um so she so with with Brennan I'll just explain the Brennan story so Brennan is a so Shauna is his aunt and they live in New England um, and Brennan is twelve and he's got Downs. Um, and, and this is he, during the pandemic. This is during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, he's during the pandemic, and he wants. It's his twelve. It's, it's his birthday. He's going to be twelve, and she wants to throw him a party. Um, and she was struggling to come up with a with a concept that he would love and still keep people safe. So Priya sort of talked about what they might do, and they ended up creating this this party where he would be like the prom king. I mean, she talks about she talks about it in a different way. She's I don't know what she says now, but in new england in a particular in on the 12th on the 4th of july it'd be like the 4th of july like oh on the um on star. the parade yeah that'd be it? like the head yeah. of the parade yeah yeah and that's a big thing in a, yeah, in, a, in, yeah. in a small a small new england town so he was basically being that so 
she invited all her friends. She's very specific with her with her invitation. So she said she gave it a very very clear time. So it starts at three o'clock, mm-hmm. and um, and she she said um, if you don't if you don't feel safe, you completely understand. It's the way she ended it was really clever. Oh, so just to add to this, sorry, they uh, what they do what she's asking them to do is drive in and meet at this park. Yeah, I'm not explaining this very well at all. (laughs) (laughs) So that's right. She's inviting people to bring their car, um, to park in this car park, and then Brennan will drive around and he will wave at everyone. um, And they're going to play his favourite pop music and they're going to sing Happy Birthday and make lots of noise. Yeah. And the way that she invited, she was very clear about the time. So you start, you come at three o'clock and she ended it with, and Priya said, this is so clever. I completely understand we want you to be safe. We want you to feel safe. You completely understand if you can't be there, but just just remember, Brennan loved crowds. Yeah, and it was like you better be. Oh there. my god! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just I'm getting like tingles now just remembering it because they on the podcast they actually play some of the. So you can hear him. Shouting, yeah, you can yeah. hear it all happening, and you can just imagine for him everyone turning up, everyone beeping their horns. And then everyone making four loads police of, cars yeah. coming in formation. That's when I started crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they join in and they make loads of noise. And you just think for, for the, like during the pandemic, it was so stressful for everyone, but especially young people. I think um, it's just such a confusing time. They don't necessarily understand what's happening and to still be able to celebrate their birthday in such a beautiful way where yeah. he, he can get all of that loving energy thrown at him through everyone beeping their horns and making loads of noise is just... It's beautiful, Yeah, isn't it? really beautiful. Yeah. Really, yeah. really lovely. So just now you mentioned the, the invisible structure. So tell me, what is that? It's... Um, so she gives us this, this example of a conference might take two or three days, but to put on an amazing conference, it will take 11, 11, uh, 10 or 11 months to build the invisible structure that yeah. keeps people protected, that keeps people connected to each yeah. other, that keeps people connected to the purpose and gets people, I love this, gets people marching to the same tune so that they can dance to their own beat. Yeah, nice. She's so wise. I love, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But it's so true, isn't it? She knows what she's talking about, yeah, this she really career, does. doesn't she? She really does. She really does. Um, and co- conferences are a big one, aren't they? They are, I mean, we've probably all been to one that saps the energy out of you and it's so important to understand why you're there and what you're doing and and have a purpose for it. Yeah, she talks about how, you know, when you've been to a bad event, when you just leave feeling like that was a waste of my life. Or, I'll never yeah, get that, never so get that back. deflating, isn't it? But sometimes it? you go to something and it's completely incredible. yeah. And I suppose it's understanding what it what's what's the difference. How can you make people leave feeling that they you know feeling nourished and feeling like feeling changed? Yeah. So talking about meaningful gatherings, but also with the element of of virtual and having to move online, Pete, you created a beautiful Christmas gathering, didn't you, with your family? I art a gathering if I had my Christmas <laughs> gathering. <laughs> like, my Christmas gatherings. So I hadn't, but I this had, was before you started reading the book. No, I'd actually listened to all the podcasts at this oh, point. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, there we go. So I think a lot of a lot of a lot of it was uh, Priya Parkard. Um, so I'd yeah. So um, I hadn't seen my I haven't still haven't seen my parents um, in real life since last May. Oh my god. Um, and because I've got so we we wanted to do something at Christmas and we were going to try and get together and then we went into I don't know what it was. How many lockdowns have we been in now? <laughs> yeah. I think it was 2.0. Was it? Yeah. Anyway, it was another lockdown. So um, that was all off. And then rather than cancel it, I put together this, this program of, of different 
online thing. I mean, when you told me, it just instantly made me feel bad about everything <laughs> I've done for my family for no. Christmas. No, I'm just a bit over the top. But I mean, I felt like Priya would be proud. I think she would. When you explained it to me, I was like, oh my God, it's the, it was the 12 days of Christmas, wasn't it? And it was out. the 12 days of Christmas. There were 12, it was, I was trying, I don't think we quite came up with 12 different examples, 12 different things to do. But I mean, we just did some really interesting stuff. So we did, um, I made, I'd always wanted to make eggnog. Which is yeah. something we don't we don't no, ever talk about. No, it's a very American thing, isn't but it? Apparently not. It's very English. We just the Americans nicked it. We used to call it. Yeah. <gasps> How dare they? We used to call it posset, <laughs> and then the Americans nicked it. I mean, eggnog's a much better word than posset. That sounds, <laughs> that just sounds yeah. great. But eggnog makes people feel a bit sick. It's just. I mean, I'm vegan, so I don't want <laughs> no. it. <laughs> but we made eggnog, and um, and it was hilarious because I did it with my aunt, my aunt and uncle, and my um, and my mum and dad, um, and I have it on video, and my auntie's getting pickled. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. So you made eggnog and then and then we went, went off and watched a carol concert and then Aww. we came back and drank more eggnog and it was just, I was just, it was lovely. Um, and ultimately the purpose of your gathering was to bring your family together, wasn't it? Yeah. So we, so that was just one. I mean, we did, we did loads, you know, I decided I was going to run down Oxford Street and Regent Street and New Bond Street with my camera. He's a big runner, just so everyone knows. <laughs> and show them the Christmas lights. So I did that. I'm not entirely sure what they could see, but which is beautiful. I had had hilarious fun. Um, and, and I bet they, I bet they really appreciated. I think they appreciated the effort, if nothing else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is a lot of effort. But now reading the book, I think I'd have done it differently. Don't ask me what I'd have done differently, but I think I would have. <laughs> I'd have I think I would have done it with a little bit more purpose, and I would have. You know, I don't know. I don't. I, no, I, I think the. The ultimate purpose and the ultimate love for you was there, wasn't it? Yeah. Bringing your family together, not being able to see everyone, but still wanting to make it really special. There are better examples. I mean, I'm putting words into your mouth now. There are better examples in Priya's book. (laughs) No, I love it. it. But it was, thank you. But it was, uh, yeah, it was lots of, lots of fun. And I felt, I mean, ultimately we all felt very connected. In fact, I felt more connected over Christmas, over the the, the leading up to Christmas with, with all my family and all my friends. And we did a whole load, I mean, there's a whole load of other stuff that we did. We, uh, we, we went, we all went to, I invited all my friends to come and see, um, Come and see a Christmas Carol at, at the old at the old Vic, which is done online. So we we oh, I bought everyone tickets and we Amazing. all we all met up and had drinks and it was yeah. so beautiful, yeah. so beautiful. Um, and I won't be able to do that again. So I had friends in I had a friend in um, had a friend in Ireland who, who joined yeah. and I, you know I won't be able to do that again. I think that is one of the positives to come out of the pandemic and in terms of uh, getting people together is that you are able to bring people in that wouldn't necessarily normally be able to come so for instance when if you are holding like a a virtual or a hybrid gathering you can have people not just from all over the world but people from different circumstances so if someone for instance, doesn't like to travel too much or they've got young children or they're a bit introvert and they don't like the whole feeling of being part of a big uh, event or a big gathering, especially when it's like networking and things like that. Priya talks about this. Yeah, it's really, it's it's making it a bit more inclusive. She talks about this on Instagram. It's a really interesting, there's a really interesting Instagram um, post that she put up at the beginning of the pandemic about how people who who are disabled aren't, who, who, have been asking to have virtual meetings, yeah. virtual events for years. Yeah. And and the, the the post, it's a cartoon. The post the post goes, can we have the virtual event? And the reply is no, we can't. And then the pandemic hits and then everyone's having a virtual event. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And and it's uh yeah, it's not funny really at all, is it? Because it's true. But I think virtual 
I think virtual events have democratized gatherings, virtual yeah. gatherings have democratized gatherings. It means that that everyone can go. Yeah. So that, you know, if you're a one parent, a one parent family and you can't yeah. you can't go to a, to an event because because you can't get a babysitter, you can't afford a babysitter, or you don't want to drink, or like you said, like social, you know, you've got yeah. some, I know, social some, some sort of social anxiety, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or or whatever, or you just... Or if you, like... Live too I, far away? Yeah, with networking events, I always find that I don't, I wouldn't necessarily go on my own, mm. and then when you are there, you mingle with people that you already know. So whereas um, with networking events online now, you are all on a, on an equal footing, yeah. aren't you? Yeah. So you had a networking event recently that Absolutely you went to. Absolutely hilarious. Yeah, I ran it with my friend Jamil, actually. Yeah, we um, it, it's a program that he discovered called Run the World, which is hilarious because every time I try and Google it to find it, I end up with Beyonce. Yeah. But... Um, Who run the world? <laughs> Who run the world? Um, brilliant. Beyonce. Uh, so... Yeah, the, the the way it works is that you set how many rounds you want to go. Yeah. So there's two people talking, how many rounds you want to go and how long you want to talk. And then you you you, you press go and then it, it apparently is an algorithm. I don't believe that one second. But anyway, it finds the person that you're going to talk to and then using this clever algorithm. And then literally you get, we set it as a minute each. So you had a minute to tell that person your story, whatever, yeah. whatever, you know, whatever you wanted that to be. So a minute each and there'll be a countdown on the top right hand of the screen. And then after two minutes, you literally get chucked out yeah. and you find someone else. So intense. So it's really intense. But great. But yeah, but people got off it. People people came off the off the call and into the into the I'm going to call it a Zoom room into like the room where everyone's yeah. together, and and they were exhilarated by yeah. by what they'd just been through. It was amazing. But yeah, that I mean that's. I mean, I'm joining the next one, so I'm very excited. So about exciting, this. yeah, it's yeah. really really good. But I do think that that's one of the positives, like I said, to come out of this and and to utilize the virtual element of it. And we were talking earlier about um, meetings and having those in person. And, and there are so many times when you're rushing around uh, throughout your day, or you've say you've got a pitch that's in another part of the country, and you spend so much time traveling, and so time, money. Um, and also the impact of traveling on on the environment and things like that. You, there's such a big impact of constantly traveling around. And now you can just jump on a, a, a I mean, we keep well, saying Zoom, but maybe we should say Teams for a bit, balance out. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like Teams. I'm sorry, Microsoft. No, um, me neither. But, <laughs> but, um, but it's interesting. You were talking about having to go to a, to a different part of the country. And Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Yeah, and we're in London. So we, we were pitching for a job up in Edinburgh and we were going to be travelling up and there was four of four us of you. on the pitch. Out of, out of the office all day. And out then the, the pandemic well, hit and then, yeah. and they all went online. Yeah. So I'm hoping after, after all this is over that that sort of thing doesn't happen again. Yeah, I hope so. I think that there's definitely a place for um, virtual meetings. But one of the things I have definitely done more since reading the book is really questioning all of my meetings like why so our sales meeting why are we having that our team meeting what's the purpose of that and just really honing in on why I'm getting everyone together or why we're all getting together why are we asking these questions what's the format of it and what are we getting out of it and I think that's definitely my biggest takeaway from this book really yeah. mine one of mine is not to gather on autopilot yes just yeah always do the same thing and then it's just life's too short if if um this pandemic's taught me anything it's just I 
life really is too short. I'm I'm going to meet with you in person if I really, really need to. You just don't want to leave the house, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite happy to leave the house. I just don't want to be... No, just having needless meetings, you know, like flying around London. Yep. Where, where we're based, meeting up with people. And it's just ridiculous and exhausting where I can... If I need to meet with you, yep. if I need to meet with you, like we're doing now, we have yeah. to do this in person. We could have done this on Zoom, but we felt we needed to meet in person today. Yeah, I like to see your face <laughs> in real life. I like to see yours. <laughs> but it, but it's, but there are lots of meetings where you don't need to do that. No, um, agreed. <clears throat> yeah, no, definitely. So then, Peter. Yes, Evie. How does this book make you better? I thought about this quite a lot. Yes. So I think it makes me better because... I'm excited by the psychology of gatherings yeah, and how they transform people. Yeah, brilliant. And you? It's just asking why. I think so often you have, like we were saying, you have gatherings and you don't necessarily delve into the why, why you're there. You think more about how and when and things like that. Purpose. So it's, it is purpose. Yeah. That's, that's my main, that's the main thing. And, and just reading it, just instantly makes you think about it. So then every time you're having any kind of gathering, you are questioning your own reasoning behind it, mm. which I think could will make everyone's gatherings more purposeful yeah. and that will make us all better. I love it. Can I end with this quote? Yes, you can. This is my favourite Priya Parker quote. I might get this tattooed on my arm. Actually, I won't. It's too long. <laughs> it will <laughs> hurt is. too much. It's my a whole be, sentence. My mum will be horrified. <laughs> Gatherings crackle and flourish when real thought goes into them, when structure is baked into them, and when a host has the curiosity, willingness, and generosity of spirit to try. I mean, Priya Parker is amazing, isn't she? She's amazing. Yeah. We urge you all to go out and read The Art of Gathering and listen to all of the podcasts. It will get you, it will get you hooked, so enjoy it. Yeah. Brilliant. And thank, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks. And Amy. we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye.